Hi, my name is Adam. Hi, my name is Johnny. Hi, my name is Bridget. And, and we, we, have never, we have never seen, never seen the Star Wars, the Star Wars holiday, holiday special. special. Or it was a holiday special. Fuck me. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Fine, I'll Watch It. You heard all of our names up top, uh, and this is the show where we show somebody, anybody, sometimes multiple people, a film they've never seen before, but they absolutely should have. Uh, this week, we are rounding out 2021 uh, post-Christmas with a holiday special that I cannot believe none of us have seen before, the Star Wars holiday special. Sorry, 1978s. Star the Star Wars holiday special, Johnny Bridget. Welcome. Thank you. Hi. Uh, do you guys have a good Christmas? We are recording this post Christmas. Do you guys have a good holiday? It was nice. Yeah, it was nice. Yeah, it's good to see people. Considering last year's holiday was such a mess, it was nice to get back to some normalcy. But yeah, uh, so. we are here. We are here to watch what I think is also a mess. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, never seen it just because it is so much in the pop culture lexicon that this is a uh, steaming batch of hot garbage. But we'll, <laughs> we'll go in, I think, with an open mind and hopefully come away with uh, maybe some positive takeaways. We'll uh, we'll see. But before we get into talking about the holiday special itself, I think it's only fair that we talk a little bit about what Star Wars means to us as we hear. All three of us big Star Wars fans, so uh, Bridget, I'll start with you. How do you feel about Star Wars? I love Star Wars. It's so... When I think about the movie that made me a movie person, it's it's Empire Strikes Back. From watching it, my father must have thrown on TNT to fall asleep and sneaking in to watch it in the middle of the night because I didn't want to go to bed. And just being enraptured by what was happening the the ships and yoda and he cut off his hand what do you mean he's his dad like i just could not get enough of it and was a star wars kid from from that moment on you know my my grandparents bought me the trilogy on vhs that christmas i was probably like seven or eight um, I loved it so much that my mother brought me to the theaters in 97. Um, so I must have been younger, five or six. But my brother, my mother brought me to the theater when it was re-released in 1997. You know, just, I adore it. When Phantom Menace came out, I was all about that. Loved that movie, even though it's not great. Had to take some space from it during the prequel era and... For a while, Star Wars was very much not cool, I would say. Or at least if you're a, a teenage girl, it's not cool to be into Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, I think we're, uh, we're in different demographics. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I don't know anything about Limited 2 or Forever 21, but let me tell you about all of the musicians in Jabba's Palace. Um, <laughs> not a huge opener. But... You know, it's it's a love that's stayed with me. Star Wars has also become a Christmas time event. I don't know if you guys mm -hmm. feel this way. Yeah. Uh, I think Disney has smartly 
branded with the new films coming out right around Christmas. Johnny, it's weird to have spent a Christmas not going to see a Star Wars movie with you opening night, like around Christmas time. Right, right. Like we've gone to see pretty much all of them. Adam, you were a, a lone wolf. Oh, yeah. I have theaters. to go by myself. I can't. I can't yeah. have. I need to sit with my own opinions before I discuss them. <laughs> but it means that much to me. To like, so I can't walk out of the theater and have all of my friends immediately pepper me with their thoughts. Because I'm like, no, I need to process this. I need to think about it. I need to like decompress and understand and pour over it. And then if someone nitpicks later, I'll be like, no, but actually it does make sense because of these three things. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I have a star Wars tattoo, you know, like just like things like so much of my life is, is tied into this movie now or these movies for better, for worse. You know, I, I'm a, an originalist. You know, that's that's the trilogy that matters to me. I can take or leave parts of the other movies, but I still have a lot of affection for them because of their connection to the originals. So, yeah, I just grew up and wanted to be Han Solo, like so many of us. <laughs> well, how about you, Johnny? Uh, yeah, I'm going to mirror a lot of what you said, but um, grew up with the VHS copies. Uh, didn't only knew Empire and Return of the Jedi existed and didn't know that there was a first movie for like years. Uh, was the tape worn out or I don't have that one? We just my parents, it wasn't like on HBO for them to like rip because that's mm. all the movies we had were just recorded movies. We never really had like the official ones you bought at like Nobody Beats the Wiz or whatever. <laughs> um, so yeah, always really, really enjoyed uh, those movies. I love A New Hope, but just because I have watched those two and three so many times, or whatever, five and six so many times, that those are like my like my favorites. And then, yeah, same thing with uh, when the prequels came out. I kind of wasn't really like into like Star Wars. I mean, I was listen. I've always loved Star Wars, but I just got into like a different scene and recreational things and stuff I'm not going to get into, but um, just was not in the scene for a while and sort of came back around to it when I sort of really started chasing a career and filmmaking or having an interest in it and revisiting that stuff. Same thing with the new ones, take it or leave it. Uh, for the most part with the last one, I still have a really bad taste in my mouth. Uh, the Mandalorian kind of fixed that a little bit. Looking forward to the book of Bubba. Not like elated, but I'm definitely gonna go check it. Check it out. I think it's coming out. I will check that one out. And yeah, I have you know I have stuff on vinyl. I have books. I probably have an incoming tattoo at some point. So it's definitely uh, a big part of my life. It's so it's crazy because I like to call myself a big fan, but they're like in the scheme of things, they're just pe things and canon and stuff that I just have no idea about. Like the rebel wars and other things like that did not ingest any of that, but you know, did play some of the video games on super Nintendo, mm -hmm. things like that. So I did ingest some other, uh, media when I was young with that. But, uh, yeah, it's a, it's definitely a part of my life for sure. What about you, Adam? Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's, it's a big part of, of all of our upbringings. I think we are in the right age group beyond those that were 
kids and teens in 1977 to really take this up because like Bridget mentioned in 1997, when they released the special editions, I mean, we would have been, you know, eight, 10, 11 years old, um, whatever it was. So um, it was like the perfect time to really like sink our teeth into the research, the first resurgence of Star Wars really since the seventies and eighties. I'm the same way where I, I grew up watching. I'm pretty sure we had like taped off TV VHS copies from TNT. I think at one point we even had like my dad went through and like stopped it at commercials. So that way, and then like re-recorded once the commercials came back so that like it didn't even have commercials in the copies that we had. And I watched that a bunch. And then, you know, I had action figures and the ships and I had a million Lukes and Vaders and play sets. And, you know, I had shadows of the empire on N64 and nice. Yeah. You know, played all of those, uh, you know, Star Wars games and stuff. And I never really got into the expanded canon. Like, I never really got into the books or anything. I was always pretty steadfast with the movies and, um, you know, went to the theaters and saw all of the uh, special editions and then obviously went to the theater and saw all of the uh, the prequels. Episode one was the perfect time for for me because it was aimed at kids and I was 12. So, you know. As silly as things like, you know, Jar Jar is, pod racing's the shit, and I played the crap out of, you know, episode one racer on N64, and I still to this day love the arcade version where you, like, actually sit in a pod racer, and you've got, you know, the, the dual handles for driving, and just, this shit just, I, I love it so much. Um, <laughs> you know, and I remember going, like, I remember thinking Attack of the Clones was bad even when I saw it. And then I remember going, a friend of ours, mom worked for a radio station. And so a couple of us went to a preview screening of Revenge of the Sith, where like we went at seven. And then when we got out at, you know, 9 30, 10 o'clock, whatever it was, the line for the midnight screening was like outside the theater. And I just remember us walking through and being like, dude, Anakin turns into Darth Vader. Are you kidding? Like, purposefully trying to make it seem like we were spoiling this thing that like clearly everyone already knows because it's been around for 30 years <laughs> at that point um you know just just a big part of uh of growing up and you know even now i've got a whole you know couple of shelves dedicated to merch and you know shirts and and all kinds of different stuff and uh i'm with you johnny the last one rise of skywalker still kind of leaves a bad taste in my mouth i still haven't seen it since the theater but the the Disney Plus stuff is great. Mandalorian's a ton of fun. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm I'm a person who did go through and watch all of Clone Wars um and all of the, you know, the TV shows. I watched all of Rebels, big fan of the the animated stuff as well. So since 2015, I mean, Star Wars has obviously taken on a big resurgence and most of it's good. Uh, you know, it's not all of the greatest, but uh, you know, it's all still good and it's keeping the brand alive, which is something that I'm really excited about as a big fan but the like bridget the originals are still they're my jam you know star wars proper a new hope is my favorite just because without it there is no empire there is no jedi there is no any of the other ones people claim as their favorites it's not there without the first one and just the introduction to all those beloved characters just sit so nice with me that it's it's still my favorite to this day and i think it helps that i did know it existed before seeing the other ones <laughs> Um, yeah, they uh, those original three produced the most magic for sure. The other ones have a really hard time. Yeah, and I mean, just and thinking yeah. to your point, Johnny, about like the more you got into the art of filmmaking, the more you kind of 
gained more appreciation for it and kind of fell back in love with it. It's because those films just did so much groundbreaking stuff with all the models and the miniatures and, you know, going back and watching some of the millions of documentaries they've made about the process. It's just fascinating stuff. No one that, that wasn't done. I mean, you didn't have these kinds of things in movie making before. And, you know, you look at how well those hold up. Granted, they've gone back over with the CGI sheen and, you know, made the definitive 4K versions they have now, which are cleaned up and everything. But still, I mean, if you go back and watch the the originals on those VHSs, like, it still holds up. Like, those effects are still amazing. And right. it, that just speaks to the the good filmmaking and, like, the good storytelling of those that they're still just as beloved today as they were 50 years ago. But one thing that is collectively not on any of our uh, watch histories is this Star Wars holiday special. Um, So I want to figure out what you guys kind of know about this uh, and maybe why you haven't seen it to this point. So, Bridget, I'll circle back to you. What do you know about the holiday special and uh, why haven't you seen it yet? So I know that it came out in 78, you know, a sort of bit of late promotion for the movie. Um, from my understanding is a new hope they never anticipated it would be as big a hit as it ended up being which is why lucas like can bathe in gold coins like scrooge mcduck because he like (laughs) kept all the merchandising rights and all like all of this like really snowballed so it comes out relatively late like as a like we got to capture star wars fever but i think before they had really dialed in you know, what, where is the trilogy going? What's going to happen in Empire? What's the tone going to be? So my understanding is it's, you know, and not that Star Wars is an incredibly serious set of films, but this is, my, from my understanding, a very silly TV movie. I believe you see a lot of Chewbacca's. That was my Chewbacca in the background. Um, <laughs> you see a lot of, I should say, Wookiees. Chewbacca's family, I believe, is there. Um, I believe his son's name is Itchy. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I know that, and I hope this isn't... I'm trying to like not give spoilers of things that I know, um, but there is uh, a big character has their first appearance mm-hmm. canonically in the holiday special. I believe Carrie Fisher has said they were that she at least was high or under the influence during its production. That checks out. <laughs> that che- which girl do what you got to do. Yeah. And that's kind of it. I guess the reason that I've never seen it, you know, I didn't realize that it existed until later in my life like as a child I never knew it existed. Otherwise I'd have probably demanded to have a copy and see it. And then I always thought of it sort of as lost media, something that like was uh, a big deal in its time, you know, notorious, but not something that was easily accessible. And so I gave up really easily, (laughs) just never, (laughs) never got around to it. But this felt like the right time to see Mm -hmm. it with you two. Yeah. What about you, Johnny? How come you've never seen this before? Uh, yeah. One main thing, accessibility, I think, was the biggest one. And two, I kind of liked the the mystique, or the <laughs> that you could like the unobtainable, <laughs> if you will, like you could not watch this. 
for some reason like it was banned like in india or like you know what i mean it's like you can't watch this you shouldn't watch this yeah always heard it sucked i know there is a great guest appearance by han solo on a conan segment where they unearth this piece of media and show uh harrison ford a clip and i've seen this clip before because i find the whole sequence very funny between Conan's reaction and Harrison Ford's reaction to it. So I do know there's a family of Wookiees in it because that was the scene that I see. Very funny stuff. To me, it appears that most of this movie is just on multiple interior sets. Nothing is shot outside. We'll see. (laughs) But I get the idea that it looks like it was shot in someone's garage. Like, it's just like very low budget and that the main players were sort of uh, pigeonholed into making this one way or another from the studio, or it was a gigantic favor from Lucas. I don't know. I don't really know the history of the making of this movie. Maybe Adam, you can let us know if you've done some digging on it, but yeah. And I kind of, <laughs> I kind of wish we're not doing this because I kind of like the idea of like <laughs> still having the mystique of Nazi in this movie, but uh, I, I'm kind of excited too to sort of finally see how bad this is, or maybe it's good. I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's better than Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think accessibility was always the thing for me because, like, obviously before the advent of you know YouTube and the internet proper, couldn't really go back and find old TV shows if they didn't want you to find them. And this is one of those things, like Johnny mentioned, they didn't want you to find. Um, uh, I think the critical reception was bad and the fan reception was bad. And so it just almost became a meme of how bad it is. Um, So obviously it wasn't ever a thing that I wanted to seek out because it's like, why would I purposefully go and try to watch bad Star Wars if I don't, when there's so much good Star Wars to watch? Just because growing up, we weren't in a period of time where there was a lack of Star Wars content between the the re-releases and the prequels and even then after the in between the prequels and the sequels there's still you know there's still books there's still games there's still star wars media to consume so it never really was like oh man i really need to see something new let me go back and watch this thing but um i do know that all the main players are back uh to bridge's point about the wookies i do know that uh, chewbacca's wife's name is lumpy uh (laughs) <laughs> uh, and that we're we're here to celebrate uh life day which is basically uh wookie christmas so i i do know about the the johnny do you know the character we're just referring to that makes their debut in this in this tv movie no okay so that'll be a fun surprise for you and unless i will say I that miss, um, unless i miss lumpy and fourth awakens <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I think at this point, I don't think any of this is canon. I don't think any of Chewbacca's family is canon. I think this has kind of just been pushed into quote unquote legends. Yeah, Um, although I was reading something that at some point, some piece of ancillary Star Wars media cited that the battle that you see in Revenge of the Sith on Kashyyyk one of the Wookiee gunners is meant to be Chewbacca's son. <laughs> okay. So I don't know. You know, fan theories can, can you know have a kernel of the truth. Now, by debut, do you mean like Empire debut, like immediately after the special? Yeah. Yes. 
Okay. I think. I think. I think that's what you're asking. Well, no. I mean, if the special comes out after New Hope, and then yeah, you have so Empire a, next. There is a character char- that shows up in this that then shows up in in Empire, Empire, and subsequent Star Wars projects. Gotcha. So yes. to everyone else, to 99 percent of the other people out there, this character makes their debut in Empire. Correct. Okay. Yes. Uh, and I will say this sequence is one that is not shot on a backlot uh, soundstage like the rest of it. This is a different style segment as well. So I'll, I'll tease that for you uh, as well. It is not like what you described thinking most of the rest of the movie is. And a lot of the aesthetic from that has carried over into subsequent uh, media more recently. So while you may not have seen Lumpy in Rise of Skywalker... Um, there are some elements from this that have kind of gained traction in newer Star Wars stuff, which we can talk about a little bit in the after part. But uh, before we break to watch this, any expectations that you guys have? I mean, how how low a bar are you going in with? Or are you putting this on the pedestal of this was prime Star Wars time? It's got to be good. I'll make the argument that I would prefer a goofy sincere Star Wars to something that feels very calculated and soulless and designed by algorithm in the way that Rise of Skywalker felt. So that's much more my jam than anything else. So I think I'm going to have a blast. But do I think this is probably Oscar worthy? No. (laughs) Well, Emmy worthy, I guess, because it is Emmy, technically that's true. A, a it TV is technically movie. we're breaking the rules. We're bending the rules a little bit for this one. Yeah. Well, it's you know it's that time period between Christmas and New Year's. You know, no one wants to go into a full movie. This is fine. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's holiday adjacent still. Yeah, uh, it felt like the absolute perfect time to slot this in. Yeah. What about you, Johnny? What are your expectations going into this? Uh, I expect something akin to a dress rehearsal skit for Mad TV that was never aired. <laughs> like that type of quality. Yeah. Like just not just goofy, laughless, but like just eerily like watchable for an extended period. Like how long is this? 90 minutes? It's 90 minutes with commercials. And with the version we're going to watch supposedly has the nineteen seventy eight commercials uh, inlaid in there. So at the very least, we should hopefully get some yucks out of the, uh, whatever product okay. is being, uh, hawked in ni- at Christmas, 1978. Gotcha. Yeah. A homework no, assignment. Did. We each have to pick three products that were advertised to us that we would want sitting under our Christmas tree, Christmas, 1978. Deal. What Perfect. would we want Santa to bring in our stockings? You got it. Now, did I read that there's like a 4K version of this now? I I read some sort of like clickbait shit the other day, or at least saw the title that this quote unquote piece of trash is now gloriously on 4K. Uh, I mean, I'm sure there's some kind of like fan Remastered. version, but I don't think this is anything that they would put any kind of uh, money into just because like it's not on Disney Plus. Like, I don't envision it coming to disney plus i don't know if that's a rights issue or a quality issue but i don't i don't foresee them giving this the full 4k remaster the anniversary edition or whatever um you know like i don't i don't think come 2023 we're gonna get some big 55th anniversary edition or remaster. oh yeah this is the, yeah this was the title that i saw star wars infamous holiday special gets a horrifying 4k upscale <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I wonder, because Lucas famously hates this. Mm-hmm. Hates it. And pretty soon after it aired, I believe, did everything in his power to to bury it and, and hide it away. So, I, which makes me, I like, I want to believe that when he sold everything to Disney, he included like a a tiny piece in the contract that was like, it will never come back. Yeah. Like you will never do, and not even an acute, ha nothing. This will never be reappraised in any serious way, like by the company. Yeah. I feel like it's that and never release the despecialized editions. Like those are my two rules. You can have yeah. it, you can make whatever you want, but never release the originals in their original format and never so release the holiday special. <laughs> Both disappointing decisions on his mm-hmm. part. Yeah, but it is what it is. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping for some camp. I'm hoping for a it's so bad, it's good kind of thing. Like um, I'm hoping that time has been kinder to this, not in a quality standpoint, but just from an enjoyability standpoint of like, if you watched this in 1978 and it was garbage, you'd be angry because it was the only new Star Wars you had in a year and a half. And it would still be another year and a half before you got new Star Wars again. And you'd be like, wow, this isn't, this doesn't have the magic of what I just saw. This doesn't capture my spirit the way that A New Hope did. Like, this is hot garbage. I hate it with every fiber of my being. But watching it 50 odd years on, I feel like you might be able to just sit back and kind of have fun with it. Um, and so that's what I'm hoping for. And to your point, Bridget, earlier, I do think this was one of those things where after this came out, Lucas's edict was basically like, no more TV. Like, we will not do Star Wars TV again. And it wasn't until like the late 2000s that he even thought about doing any kind of Star Wars TV. And there's, uh, you know, there's some stuff out there where you can watch like early test footage of what a Star Wars show for ABC would have looked like and what kind of like the plot would have been. But this was one of those things was like, no, we're not doing any live action TV, like never again because of what a steaming pile of crap that was. <laughs> so I'm hoping for fun. I'm hoping for silly. I do know that there are some cameos by TV stars of the day, as is tradition with a uh, holiday special. You got to get those in there. But uh, other than that, I'm I'm excited to check this off the list. This will be interesting at the very least. So any other thoughts? Anything else we want to get out there before we uh, sit down and watch this? May the force be with you. Thank May you. May the force be with you always. <laughs> uh, but all right, then what do we have to say for ourselves? Fine. I'll, I'll watch, watch it. it.
All right, we are back. We have just finished watching 1978's The Star Wars Holiday Special, a CBS television movie featuring the cast of the much-beloved film Star Wars, uh, telling the story of the Wookiee Holiday Life Day. Uh, we were all on the hot seat for this one, so I am very, very intrigued to hear how you guys are feeling. So, Bridget, I'll start with you. How are you feeling after watching this movie? I, I don't know, man. <laughs> I just don't know, man. I couldn't tell if you were frozen or not. <laughs> no, I, I was frozen, <laughs> mentally frozen. I... I could not tell you what happened. <laughs> you couldn't pay me a million dollars. I have no to idea. describe what transpired. I could I could describe images, like snapshots in time, but a a plot none to be found. The structure couldn't understand. It's so bizarre. It's more bizarre than I could have imagined going into it. I want to read you a quote from one of the reviews um, yes. because I think that this uh, this speaks to your point here. Um, this was Nathan Rabin of the AV Club wrote, I'm not convinced the special wasn't ultimately written and directed by a sentient bag of cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> And but then at least it would have more energy, more pep. That, that's true. Maybe mushrooms. Maybe it's mushrooms that, that wrote it. <laughs> yeah, this is like you thought you were taking an Advil and you took a Quaalude instead. You know, like just so strange. What? What? <laughs> <laughs> what for you guys is the most strange part? The, the jugglers on the hollow chest table. Okay. I think that or the weird like porno VR hypnosis thing that uh, that the dad is super into. <laughs> yeah. Those two those two pieces of technology make no sense whatsoever. Um, and I don't I don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Johnny? How are you feeling after watching the movie? I mean, when you think about like like watershed moments in cinema, <laughs> like King Kong and the jazz singer, Jaws, nothing can prepare you for the Bantha surprise. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing. Like, I... I the whole everything that happened that in that Wookiee house, as one of the, <laughs> as one of the uh, the Empire guy says, uh, it, it's insane. It's pure insanity inside that house. You got Lumpy doing like parkour outside the place at one point. <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know. It's. It's truly one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen in my life. And it it's almost it's either absolute complete piece of shit 
or it's masquerading as avant-garde filmmaking. I don't know which one it is. I think it's the first one. <laughs> I think it's the first one. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I feel better like physically though. I think <laughs> there's some <laughs> some medicinal properties to this fucking movie. God, yeah, I don't know. I laughed at quite a bit of it though. Quite a bit. Okay. I mean that's that's good, I guess. <laughs> I'm sure it was unintentional on the filmmaker's part though. I feel like you were laughing at it and not with it. Yeah, I mean laughing at, you know, Mark Hamill having like the same makeup as Alice Cooper at some at one point. <laughs> what what yeah. was up with his face? I don't know. I couldn't tell it's post or it's pre-accident. Yeah, because that happens right before Empire. Yeah, but it's, yeah, very, very heavy on the foundation. Yeah. A lot of powder to set. Everyone has eyeshadow in this movie. Yeah. Everyone does. It's that weird TV makeup that you need to have, you know? Yeah, so they can see you from six feet away. Mm-hmm. On an 11-inch TV. <laughs> Yeah, I, uh, it doesn't make sense in the context of the special. Like, none of it does. Nothing pieces together. None of the vignettes go, like, there's no logical jumping point from vignette to vignette. The strangest one of those is where they're like, attention, this is mandatory viewing for all Imperial officers and members of the Empire. You need to watch what daily life is like on Tatooine. Here's B. Arthur working at a bar. I did love the B. Arthur sequence. <laughs> but, like, why did they cut to it? Why is this mandatory viewing for all Imperial soldiers? Like, it do not, none of it makes sense in the context of the special. And then taking out anything that comes to Star Wars after this, it doesn't even make sense in context of being a sequel to A New Hope, no. which you'd think that it would but like in that b arthur sequence there are several characters that died in a new hope in that cantina and they're like dancing and having a good time like it doesn't it doesn't make it doesn't make any sense whatsoever and i'm just like wh who finished this cut it all together and went yeah no we got to put this on tv like i feel like you would have just abandoned it and been like yeah all right whatever we sunk the cost like who cares we'll we'll just put on charlie brown christmas or whatever instead like there's no need to to air this <laughs> i almost didn't it finish it <laughs> i know this was hard this is hard mentally to get checked through. out like yeah yeah once the the cartoon happened i just i couldn't i couldn't take it i just wanted <laughs> to go back to the wookie house the madness that was in that wookie house <laughs> let me in the house let me back in the wookie house <laughs> the wookie house i kept thinking i was like Johnny has that credenza for his records. I was like, dude, you must have oh, felt yeah. right at home. Oh, I, I, it was so comfortable there for a long <laughs> stretch of it. And every time we left it, I was just like, I was reminded of such a piece of shit this thing was. Because I started to fall in love with what was happening inside that world. <laughs> I can't explain it. But like you say you like the cantina scene. I hate, like I was so mentally and physically like... I was about to just, like step outside my own condo and just like check out like like that bad. Yeah. B Arthur does a lot. They don't give her much, but she's doing what she can. 
like her pouring that drink into his head and like the folly of like a toilet, like someone pouring a jug of water into a toilet. I, I it made me sick. <laughs> <laughs> it made me so sick. Oh. But like yeah. the Jefferson Starship briefcase was so sick. Oh my god. What? Whatever you want to call it, it's just like I I I stopped, I looked away from the screen for one moment and then we were there. And I was like, what is happening? See, that's what I'm talking about, though. Like, there, even if you had been eyes glued to the screen the whole time, you'd still be like, wait, how did we get here? That's true. What, what's happening? Because all that happens is they like sit one of the officers down and he's like, don't worry about looking through the house. Here, you'll like this. And he just sits down and he plays him a music video. From Jefferson Starship. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a big battleship like playset. He opens up one side and there is Jefferson Starship in there. Yeah, it's like this weird primitive laptop. Yeah. That they yeah. have. Like a tube TV laptop. It's mind boggling. I kind of wish they did it. I mean, even though I was like, fuck yeah, when they said Jeff- Jefferson Starship at the beginning, I kind of wish they didn't allude to that was happening, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the Still. weird like TV special intro was super off-putting just because it's not Star Wars at all. Yeah. Like it's weird that you would choose to begin this in the most un-Star Wars way possible, like it's just a regular TV show. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of before Star Wars has cemented itself as Star Wars in some way. Like now we have such a there's a an understood shared language for what a Star Wars piece of media should look and feel like and sound like and this just is a very wild interpretation of it i liked r2d2 as r2d2 i laughed good at that (laughs) i know poor kenny baker doesn't even get the credit here he just r2d2 as himself yeah well yeah to your point bridget it's like very uh saturday serial format this one yeah this feels more in line with how like the beats of like a mandalorian or something like that would happen where moments and things like that are so they're much smaller on scale i guess Mm -hmm. is is the uh but yeah and then it gets way more cinematic with empire and then that sort of just like is the format going forward from there yeah i was doing some research on like because I had I had to tap out. I had to un- unplug from what I was seeing. Oh, I stopped the movie made cookies. <laughs> <laughs> you mean Wookie Ookies? Wookie. <laughs> <laughs> but I was reading something about the production and Lucas was pretty much hands off, you know, like the whole team doing Star Wars essentially realized, "Oh shit, we have to start Empire. We don't really have time." And just kind of gave the the special, the team working on the special access to props and costumes and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I found this little tidbit on Wikipedia. Though Lucas is uncredited, it was his idea to build the narrative around Chewbacca's family. CBS hired experienced variety show writers and producers, including writer Bruce Valanche, <laughs> who was concerned about the decision to center the special on a species who grunt in a fictional language without subtitles. Regardless, 
Lucas would not budge on his vision. I mean, say whatever you want about George. He sticks to his vision 100%. Yeah. Uh, for good that's or just, ill. That's just such a great, like, sum up George Lucas of like, no, I, I think you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this is not what I intended. Yeah. No, I, I, I don't think you really get it. <laughs> um, and I guess it cycled. They hired a director who was a, a friend of Lucas's who directed a couple bits, including the Jefferson Starship bit. And then he just was like, I, I, I can't do this. I'm out. So they brought another guy in, the one who's who's credited. And he said, basically, I got no direction from anyone associated with Lucas. I was just given essentially a a Wookiee Bible and said, just build it around this. This is everything you need to know about Wookiees. Therefore, you'll know exactly what needs to go into this the original holiday Wikipedia. comedy special, <laughs> variety special. Wow. Which is how you get like medieval jugglers in the hollow chess and... That was bizarre. Diane Carroll doing a, a Bond girl, Bond song. That's where I was tripping. That's where I was tripping there. Yeah. The Bond girl thing. Like, okay, so we just kind of watched this old grandpa, like, sit down with his VR hollow porn thing where it's like, you're you're my fantasy. I am your fantasy. I bet you look super cute. (laughs) Oh, yeah. He kept, like, when when she said, you're adorable, he, like, rewound it so he can hear it again. Like, he's like, you're adorable. You're adorable. It's like, is this, is he getting off right now? Yeah. I think so. I think right in the middle is, of the is living itchy room. getting off on the VR like. Well, and I oh, I forget what they called it too, but when like the repairman shop owner Art Carney shows up for the umpteenth time, he's like, "Don't worry, itchy. Like I've got the the drive for like it's like like the mind enabler or like the mind something. It's like something that makes it seem like it's a torture device, but really it's a weird porn thing. Hideous." hideous although diane carroll looks great yeah i mean like they they all they all look great in their little weird vignettes but (laughs) the promise the the road that we reach them is just they're all being broadcasted into a wookie a wookie house (laughs) yeah can you imagine sitting down as a family on a sunday in 1978 realizing the hulk has been pushed and this is you get this instead right i I mean i'm sure they would have been airing ads for weeks like i'm sure this would have been appointment viewing you know like this is this is pre-vcr so like you don't if you miss it you miss it i feel like this is before the vcr would have been prevalent enough to be able to like be like yeah we'll record this because we won't want to we'll want to watch the star wars holiday special over and over and over again it was no, no 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 we need to everything needs to be done by 8 p.m so we can sit down and watch the first 10 minutes and not understand a lick of anything going on because it's all just grunting and weird moaning. Yeah, this need to be broken up with ads for sure. (laughs) It's a lot in one bite. (laughs) Like you need breaks for dad to like go smoke a cigarette or something. Yeah. I know. Sadly, there were no commercials in the version we watched. So I apologize to you guys because I I thought they would have had commercials because the ones that said no commercials on YouTube all were like 20 to 30 minutes shorter. 
So I was really hoping we would have gotten that because that would have at least given some levity to the proceedings of being like, okay, here's a goofy ad for the Easy Bake Oven or whatever. But no, it just cut right back to the nonsense that was in front of us. <laughs> it just is so strange. It's also something I was thinking about, especially near the end. Harrison Ford is very committed in his role. He's really oh, yeah. trying. He's really working. <laughs> and I just, you don't see that sometimes. <laughs> so well, no, I appreciated and, that. And given how much he seems to hate Star Wars, like it outwardly loathes it a lot of times, which I don't know how much of it's a put on and like an, a character that he's doing at this point versus mm -hmm. actually hating Star Wars and the character of Han Solo. He, you're right. He is seemingly giving it his all. You know, he's talking about how they're his family and, you know, he's making sure that they're escaping the the empire and shooting down tie fighters and all that like he seems like han solo which for a holiday special like a tv special you would think that all of them would have phoned it in to an insane degree granted none of them are really given much to do because the majority of the time is either spent with wookies you can't understand or guest stars doing musical numbers the main cast at least like seems like luke and seems like leia and seems like han which is good I, I don't know about Luke. <laughs> well, again, he only has like one line and half of it's, you know, half of the time he's covered in the weird smoke from whatever they were trying to fix. Yeah. Right. It's, his face doesn't look like Luke, but his voice and his mannerisms at least sound like There's a oh porcelain doll possessed by the voice of Luke Skywalker. <laughs> no, yeah, he I, looks like Pinocchio or something. <laughs> I think I have action figures in here that look more like Mark Hamill than Mark Hamill in this <laughs> <laughs> holiday special. I will say hand-drawn Han Solo was fucking hilarious. Oh, my God. The face is so good. I like, love it's so long. Face. Yeah. I don't I don't understand what it was. Like, it does. it's just like a thing they put on to distract Lumpy from annoying the guards. But I don't know, like, is it a true story? Do they have an animated cartoon series about these essentially terrorists in this universe? Um I had no idea what was going on, uh, but I thought it was awesome because it was trippy as fuck and gave me like heavy metal Puff the Magic Dragon style vibes of just being like completely over the top. Like R2-D2, when he moves, bends. Uh, C-3PO's head is attached by like a black wire. Yeah, and he's just, blinking. Like, <laughs> he's a bobblehead sitting above the neck for some reason. Uh, and Luke and Han's faces are just like way too accurate but also way too cartoony like it's not quite rotoscoped but it's but they they do look really good but they're also so over the top that it's hilarious to me yeah so what did you think of the uh, official introduction of boba fett johnny oh i was so lost at that point he disappeared <laughs> at one point i was like i'm pretty sure that's what they were talking about oh yeah boba fett yeah well, and he showed up right at the beginning, uh, but obviously the color scheme is so different that you wouldn't have necessarily pegged, oh, that's Boba Fett. Right. Without them physically saying it later on in the episode. But they do take, and this is what I was kind of talking about in the beforehand, like the stuff in The Mandalorian, like the use of the rifle is taken directly from this because that doesn't really show up in any of the other Boba Fett or, you know, canon material that's kind of taken from this and you see him using that. I don't remember the name of that particular rifle, but like that's showing up now. So like they're taking some elements of this and, and introducing it into newer material, but still what a, what an absolute trip. 
yeah, for long stretches of this, I was like, oh, man, I really wish I had this, like, in my teen years when I was watching, like, Pink Floyd's The Wall and going back and watching, like, Wizard of Oz and, uh, you know, Brazil and some of these other ones where it's just, I mean, such a fever dream for long stretches of it, particularly, like, that Wookiee House segment where everyone is sort of, like, being plugged into something ridiculous and having to watch something far more ridiculous like it has some sort of entertainment weird quality going on to it for that portion of it but then we get to like the animated sequence and then later on the cantina sequence and it loses all that steam and i think it loses that vibe of being uniquely weird when it's all living in that space because then it becomes like episodic you know what i mean Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like weird to call this a variety show because it doesn't even really feel like that because everything's so disjointed. Like mm-hmm. at least in a variety show, there's a host that goes, okay, and now here's a cartoon. And then you're like, oh, okay, we're just going to watch a cartoon now. Or like, okay, and here's a skit by B. Arthur. And it's like, oh, okay, now we're moving on. Like there's something to move you from segment to segment where here it's just like, and now they plug in and watch a weird screen in their house. Here we go. I'm like, okay. Weird. Why are they watching this? What's what's happening? Why am I watching this? <laughs> <laughs> Why am I personally seeing this right now? I had to make sure to write down the uh, the famous uh, Bantha Stew song of stir, whip, stir, whip, 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 stir, which is very important when making your Bantha soup. Dude, I was like holding myself watching that. Like I just, I didn't know like how to prepare myself for the next few minutes. That guy is weird in all of the things that he does. Cause that's the same guy who has the hole in his head in the bar. Uh, and he's also the one who's doing the weird, like voice translator repair video. You said the same guy who does the band, the band, the surprise cooking show yeah. is the same one. He does the, he's the guy in the bar with the hole in his head. Yeah. Like, He's trying to stalk B. Arthur. Uh, and then he's also the guy who's like doing, you know, that like repair video where Lumpy's trying to fix the like translator thing. And he's watching the weird robot be like, and then you take the thing and you do this. And then like he breaks down and it ends with him pushing his nose and like pushing his whole face off screen. That's the same actor for all three of those segments. That's scary. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that was Harvey Corman in all of those. Yeah. Holy cow. I mean, a dead-on weird robot Julia Child impression, though. Yeah. Gotta give, gotta give it up. The extra arms did that. That got a chuckle out of me. I did not expect the third and fourth arms to come in. I liked I how just the hair me. like whipped off. Like, and <laughs> I don't believe that was intentional. That's a complete like SNL dress rehearsal like <laughs> fuck up right there, and they just kept it, which is just amazing. Yeah, because the just hair like, whipping around. <laughs> yeah. They're like, keep it. It's gold. It's good, yeah. Or they're like pretty much already burning film stock making this. They're not going to do another take of it. Yeah. No. We'll do it in one, I think, is the yeah. motto of this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what was your guys' favorite segment? Yeah, listen, I think anything just – I like anything like – monkey or ape related <laughs> so, <laughs> anything that has like a person in a monkey suit like regardless of the media i already find inherently funny 
So I, again, loved the whole sequence in the house for the most part. I just think it's funny. If if it's not hitting the what they're trying to do with some of the, the, the bits with Jefferson Airplane, all that other shit, it just looks funny seeing, like, that it's these animals watching. <laughs> like, it just, it's so outright. Every time they cut to Lumpy or Itchy, like, any of the faces, it's funny to me. It's really funny to me. <laughs> just consist like there was one there was one like lumpy giving a side eye moment and i just lost it where he just like he kind of rolls his eyes but while doing a side eye and then like just the way that the wookiee mouths on these particular wookiees were designed was just so much more ridiculous than chewbacca like they don't even look like the same species as chewbacca they don't like lumpy's upper lip like tucks up into his mouth like his head and like you see like a lot more of his gums and teeth and it looks so crazy which is weird because like in later iterations most of the wookies look somewhat similar and these three just like they don't look anything alike like chewbacca's dad looks nothing like chewbacca and lumpy doesn't really look like lump uh, like chewbacca or mala and it's just like did you guys not even did you not even try there's a moment when <laughs> han it's right when han says you're like family to me and Mala gives him this look, <laughs> this look with deep longing and love, which she also then gives to Chewbacca before they have their tender, like, Wookiee love moment. And I was so sad the three of us weren't in the same room together. Because <laughs> I think you probably would have had to call an ambulance for all three of us. Collective breakdown. They're so, it's so good. <laughs> the cut, the, the cuts, some of the cuts are so good in this movie. Uh, the freeze frame on Lumpy's face in the middle of the cartoon, like right after Boba Fett is revealed to be working with Darth Vader. Oh right, yeah. It comes back and he's like, oh. He's got, he's <laughs> he got, he's got the little cans foot. on. He's got the headphones on. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. All the all the like cuts before what would go into a commercial are great because like. 75% of them were like Lumpy's reaction to something to keep us on a cliffhanger. It's like someone knocking at the door and everyone get like having a scared look on their face. That's why I really wish there were commercials during this. I feel like it would have made the experience infinitely better. But I did love how it kept bringing up the like local Ohio Channel 7 like call letters. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. That Dayton Channel 7 must have something where they have a really good archive of everything they aired at some point because sometimes I will go looking like I just want to watch 45 minutes of commercials from 1996 just to feel something and they're always <laughs> from Dayton like no matter what yeah you always get everything and I believe here's another side trivia note Dayton, Ohio is where, because it's the most middle average American part of the country, that's where fast food restaurants will go to debut, like, whatever their weird menu item is. Like, McDonald's is going to do pizza, but we don't know how well it's going to do. Let's test it out in Dayton. So you get a lot of niche fast food content. Like the perfect cross-section of America. Yeah, pretty much. Hmm. How do you think Lumpy would react to a Happy Meal? I mean, he'd probably lose his mind. He gets food and a toy. 
get out of here. That kid looks like he loves toys. I mean, he's got yeah. all his hollow screens and hollow chess acrobat videos and mm-hmm. his translator toy that he gets to fix. And looks like he had a whole big toy room that the uh, the stormtroopers destroyed. Yeah, we need like a lumpy unboxing video. <laughs> <laughs> no subtitles. No subtitles. Yeah, just there's a a lot of the noises that Lumpy makes are very reminiscent of E.T. as well. Mm-hmm. Like they, I could hear things. I'm like, I know you. Yeah, imagine we'll meet e. again. Starring Lumpy. <laughs> oh my god, he never would have made it. <laughs> Just like <laughs> lumpy, all pasty white on the uh, like the operating the river. table or whatever. <laughs> That's the oh. crossover you need. That would have been a yeah. good reuse of that costume. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, I I rolled my eyes so hard when they first contacted the Art Carney in his shop as he's getting mugged by the uh, Imperial officer, where he's like, "Don't say anything. I know exactly why you're calling. That carpet you ordered is being delivered." By hand, solo. Like they're doing it yes. by themselves, by hand, <laughs> solo. I'm like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what do we, this is the comedy that we've decided for this special. <laughs> These are the jokes we're going to tell. Okay. Yeah. As long as I know going in that this is what we're doing. Okay, fine. <laughs> like when you watch stuff like this, you start to go, you start to think that Alec Guinness was right to like <laughs> give kids the bird and tell them that Star Wars sucked when they asked him for an autograph. Like you say, you're like, you know, maybe he was right. <laughs> start the hashtag Alec was right. Alec was right. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised the franchise survived this. Like I could easily see people sitting down to watch this with their families on Sunday night and just being like, this is what Star Wars is? Like, forget it. I'm not seeing Empire. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to go. And, and then people the will be like, no, it's good. Be like, no, I don't care. I saw Lumpy. I'm done. Yeah. And because the opening is, is, I was thinking, I was like, if I was nine years old in 1978 and I saw the opening of Han and Chewie, they're in the Millennium Falcon, you know, you're not going to be able to notice as a kid that the set is significantly smaller. You know what I mean? You're just excited. You're like, oh, my God, our pals, they're on the run. It's so exciting. The music is there. This is so great. And then it's like a twisted Norman Lear parody you get instead. It's just. Yeah, it's like Planet of the Apes meets like the Swiss family Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> similar treehouse. Yeah. Very similar treehouse. Oh, man. When the stormtrooper tripped on the wood going for his gun at the end and Wilhelm screamed off the edge oh, of the treehouse to his death, I I laughed so incredibly hard because it was the most ridiculous thing in a film full of the most ridiculous things. <laughs> <laughs> just the way that, like, they cut to the gun and, like, both Han and him look at the gun. And then this stormtrooper goes for it and just completely falls head over feet, tripping on a pile of wood, breaking the railing, and falling to his death. Just just gold. <laughs> Can we rank Star Wars movies now? Yes. What's your I mean, ranking? this is number one, obviously. <laughs> I mean, this might be better than Rise. <laughs> this at least, this I is feel... at least more memorable. Yeah. 
it's truer to the spirit, I would say. I mean, I'm it still going to only watch it once. It has a strong <laughs> vision behind it, even if the vision is just, oh, no, what's it going to be about Wookiees? Like, even if it's just that, at least it's got right. a little bit of Lucas iconoclasm about it. There's the Rise well, we of still, Skywalker. We still have to get to the uh, the Ewok movies, too. That's oh, true. Yeah. Caravan of Courage. Yeah, we'll do those eventually. So, I, yeah, technically, I guess we can't rank them yet because we still have to include those. Yeah. Because yeah. you guys haven't seen those, right? No, I, I have. Okay, you've seen not. both. Okay, I have not seen yeah. either, so... So yeah, yeah. We'll add that to the list. Part of me kind of wants to watch the show Droids now, like the animated show Droids, after watching the animated sequence from this, because I think the art style is very similar. Mm-hmm. Um, is it and... done by the same company? I was looking up because I thought, looking at that creature that Boba rides, I was like, oh my god, this is exactly like heavy metal. I wonder if it's the same <laughs> studio that did it. And it's not, though they were approached. To do yeah, yeah Nelvana. Nelvana, but they did do droids and Ewoks, so okay. I would, uh, I think I would watch that just because it looks so so wacky and ridiculous. Like I, w- I think I'd watch an entire feature film about whatever the weird invisibility gas thing and fighting all those those weird monsters. I know. So very strange. I know. See, I think now I'm going back to the cantina scene. I like the cantina scene because I want to see a lot of freaks. I want to see a lot of different kinds of freaky people, even if they have a toilet head. <laughs> I want to yeah, see some it was weirdos. good. It was just really bizarre, and I didn't yeah. like the and number. It, yeah. You're at the end of your rope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like at that point, like the, 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 the anime sequence had, had already like pushed me mentally out of the movie so i when that sequence came i just i was beside myself yeah (laughs) like literally physically on the outside of my body looking at myself why am i still watching this oh my god just be arthur at the height of her powers though maude is still on the air she's going by beatrice she's going by beatrice yep i do love the uh as much as it's so not star wars like the intros of saying who everybody was. I do love her classic sitcom turn. It's like Beatrice Arthur as Glorplock. And she does like, the full turn. <laughs> oh, yeah, because you know she's done that like a million times. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like just the turn and pause because, hey, it's me, Mark Hamill. <laughs> Beatrice <laughs> Arthur. Art Carney. What a strange, strange little film. I I just... Well, you had the benefit of watching it with someone else. Did you watch it with Brian? He couldn't take it. <laughs> as soon as Diane Carroll hit the screen, in what he called it, uh, Itchy's Pleasure Cone, <laughs> uh, he said, see, I, I wrote it down. What is this? And he walked away. <laughs> he never came back. He went to the bedroom to order his own pleasure cone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like two he day he put his shipping. own pleasure going on and left me to fend for myself. You're adorable. <laughs> like she had an Emmy at that point. It's just, I, I feel like the way to really watch this movie is to be transported by time machine into someone's living room. Right, I'm like just I... trying to, yeah, imagine myself as like 
uh, a housewife and you're like like making like appetizers out of like mayonnaise and bananas in your kitchen and like smoking a misty slim and like you lean out and like look into the living room and this is on like that like yeah what's going through her mind yeah you're smoking a cigarette while making a casserole yeah There's baby on the tuna casserole <laughs> <laughs> tuna noodle casserole exactly burnt orange carpet on every surface oh dude your your house looks like chewbacca's house <laughs> i do love how chewbacca's house looks like it's a quintessential 70s living room yeah like a lot of half-step landings and you know staircases to nowhere it seems like <laughs> mm-hmm. a lot of great stylistic choices for sure do they say star wars to me no am no. i moved by them yes <laughs> this movie had like three endings too oh yeah it was very return of the king it was very Return of the King. Like, all right, bye, Han Solo. And then, oh, how have we not talked about the the orb? The orb sequence. I don't, what the fuck was that? <laughs> I had to rewind it because I thought I missed something. Like, I finished the movie and then was like, all right, I clearly missed a big setup as to how they all transported to the Tree of Life. And no, it was really just all the Wookiees held up snow globes and then were magically at this tree wearing clothes where they weren't before. But yet somehow R2-D2 and C-3PO and Luke Skywalker and Han Solo and Princess Leia are all there too. But they're not wearing robes and they don't have snow globes. No. And then Princess Leia sings. I don't know what that was. A made-up song to the tune of the Star Wars theme. Mm-hmm. Well, even B. Arthur's was uh, to the tune of the Cantina theme. Like it That's was just, true. It was slowed down tempo-wise to make it about like... Hey, friend, you're a friend, friend. You're my pal, pal. Get out of here, friend, 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 friend. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so they didn't even take the time to, like, write new music. They're like, all right, just take all the the soundtrack tunes from the first movie and then give them words. And boom, we got it. We got ourselves a soundtrack. We'll sell millions of records, assuming they even sold records of it, which if they do, I want to find one. Yeah, you can. I... I believe that you can get a record of the Jefferson Starship song. Yes, that that they did. They did release that as a normal uh, a normal single release. I don't want it though. That song, I did not like that song at all. I didn't like any of the songs, to be fair. But. Yeah, no, you don't need a song in a Star Wars movie unless you're Max Rebo or Finn Finn J- Jin or whatever his name is. <laughs> the, guy, <laughs> the guy the guy who runs the Cantina band. Yeah. Yeah. There's some funny shit on eBay related to this movie. Oh yeah? Oh. Star Wars custom holiday special life day ceremonial Chewbacca tunic. <laughs> okay. Uh we got a life day orb pin. Let's see what else here. Oh, I how good is the shadow box picture of Chewbacca? <laughs> The thing they it's, keep carrying around as You couldn't even tell what the, the fuck it was until they finally had like an insert shot of what it was. Like I like because from a distance you couldn't even tell what it was. Obviously it's a a scan of a VHS or whatever, but still it was like what are they what is it? What are they just clamoring around? Well, I love how they're carrying it around, even though the Imperial officers are searching their house for evidence of a known terrorist possibly hiding out here, and they're just clutching the picture of known terrorist Chewbacca 
and being like, I don't know where he is. I don't know what's going on. You don't speak Wookiee, so, like, get out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, do a better job at hiding who you are. You don't want them to know that you're Chewbacca's wife and father and son. <laughs> do better, Mala. Dude, yeah, she needs to get her act together. Now, now I'm on eBay, and now I'm looking at a Hot Wheels that's a Jawa. <laughs> I can't. That's great. Right. It's $10. I can't afford to not have it. But if I bring in any more tchotchke nonsense into this house, Brian will divorce me, so... <laughs> <laughs> Hold off. Any chance you'll go back and watch it in 4K... Uh, 60 frames a second digital remaster. I'd have to be like an insanely, insanely high, I think. Oh, yeah. I was definitely not nearly as intoxicated enough to watch this. No, no. I think the best comment made about this comes from Carrie Fisher, unsurprisingly, um, who claimed in an interview with New York Times columnist David Carr, uh, she said that she made George Lucas give her a copy of the special in exchange for recording commentary for the Star Wars trilogy, probably when the the DVD release came out. Um, and she said so that she could have something for parties when she wanted everyone to leave. <laughs> That's just great. Very, very Carrie and very apt. Yeah, very on brand for her. Yeah. Couldn't tell if she was high the whole time. Granted, again, no, she's, she's not on in screen it for much. yeah, she's on screen for maybe five minutes, um, but doesn't seem out of it during her performance. Of, I mean, Mark like, Hamill looked on. yoked, but <laughs> <laughs> that's just all the makeup. It's not his fault. Yeah, yeah. they're probably using lead-based makeup, and he was just you know inhaling those fumes <laughs> by asbestos in the eyeshadow. It was a different time. It was a different. <laughs> time um well any other final thoughts then from you guys before we uh, wrap things up any other favorite moments cringe moments i you know what this wasn't the 110 percent piece of shit that everyone says it was like if you're listening and you are deciding between this and the matrix 4 <laughs> watch this it's shorter it's shorter <laughs> it's better uh-oh um, this movie was both overwhelming and underwhelming at the same time, which is really a feat. Mm. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't get the campy, so bad, it's good vibe that I was hoping for. Like, I wanted it to be funnier than it was, but same. it does kind of play itself very seriously, which was a weird choice about a entire special based around Wookiees. You know, you'd think <laughs> there'd be, I don't know, more slapstick, more like playing up the the fact that you can't understand them, like more emoting from the characters. Uh, and so it was weird to not get that, but man, oh man, was this a a super fever dream-esque thing. And I, I got to applaud them again to stick into their guns and deciding that they wanted to do a Wookiee special with song and dance numbers and juggling acrobats in weird costumes and... You know, they went for it and they, you know, they put it out, but it's a, uh, it is rough and it's not, it's not even really very Star Warsy. No. But I chuckled a few times and 
the animated sequence was 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 fun. So again, not a total loss, but a, I think I needed to go in with the lowest of expectations in order to achieve <laughs> to to achieve that. So ultimately, uh, it is what it is. <laughs> Cool. All right. Well, that'll do it then for this week's episode of Fine I'll Watch It. Remember, you can find every episode of Fine I'll Watch It every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher, and Spotify. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. So let us know what you think of the Star Wars Holiday Special. What were some of your favorite sequences from it? What was your favorite song? Which Wookiee is your favorite? Let us know on Facebook and Twitter at Broken Clock Pods. This will do it for the 2021 episodes uh, as we are coming to the end of the year. So thank you to everybody who's listened at any point throughout the year. Uh, we've got uh, some stuff lined up for next year that we're pretty excited about. So we're going to get out of the uh, the theme months, I think, for a little bit and kind of get back to watching some uh, some classic films that we haven't seen. Uh, I'm sure we'll be bringing on all kinds of guests next year. Um, but thanks again for listening to the show. Make sure to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platforms and uh, tell your friends about it. You can come along for this ride as well. Uh, but once again, for Fine, I'll Watch It. My name is Adam. I'm Johnny. And I'm Bridget. And thanks so much for listening. Bye.